Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Ryan Fraser. This is Troy Daly. This is Gus Boyet. This is Don Hutchison. This is Jürgen Klopp, and you're listening to The Big Interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jürgen. I travel to all these interviews from Barcelona, and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast wouldn't happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to join us, to become a socio, and to get every interview we produce without adverts and before it goes out on the main feed plus lots of bonus content including the chance to put questions to our guests and to me via the monthly Q&A so do please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and join the club and get your family and friends to do so maybe even strangers in the street love you first big interview of 2022. It's an interesting one, this. I have made the majority of these interviews with my two producers, Neil and Martin, mostly with footballers or coaches, or in the case of Martin Comston, an actor, Kevin Bridge is a comic, people that I know, or at least we've been in contact a lot over the years. It's been rare, not unheard of, but rare, that we sit down with a guest where it's a first-time meeting completely. And that was the case with Mark Haightley. It was also an exercise in pain for me because it was a Haightley-inspired Rangers that um, <clears throat> robbed or removed the last chance Aberdeen have had since Alex Ferguson left to win the Scottish title. Yes, that was a pretty infamous day when Michael Watt met Mark Haightley. That's in this interview. Across a pretty wide-ranging chat... My argument is that you'll find Mark very engaging, really quick, very articulate, very modern man. Although his footballing attributes might be said to be not old-fashioned because the way that Mark Haley played never goes out of date, ever. But they're redolent of, of a different era. And the beauty is that he can talk about his skills, talk about them well, explain and he does a great job of explaining how his skills took him from Portsmouth to AC Milan. The time, brief though it was, as a powerful, dominant England international footballer. Then Rangers. 
Across his life, Mark Hately has done impressive things. He was a frightening striker, but he's a good storyteller. A couple of things stand out. Across these two interviews, you'll hear him talking about the way in which beating his father, being better than his father, putting the memory of his father, I would say an exceptional striker in the 60s uh, for Chelsea, for Liverpool. Mark and his father did not always see eye to eye. Sometimes he describes that got very virulent. But he was driven by, by showing his dad that he was better, by telling everybody that he was better. That's a theme right across these two interviews. And if you listen to Mark Hately on The Big Interview, you will hear one of the most extraordinary stories we've ever heard in now approaching, I don't know, 120 interviews. When you hear the story of him being beaten up in Liverpool and what happened and how it changed him, I think you'll find that you'll mark that down as something to reflect on, something to tell others about and something that was truly remarkable. You've got Mark Hately on The Big Interview. If you enjoy this, if you've enjoyed the series, first of all, thanks for being there. Happy New Year. May 2022 be healthy, happy and blessed for you all. But if you have enjoyed it, tell people, please. Rate us. Um, pass it on. Spread, spread the word. I'd like to say spread the joy, but that's for you to dictate. Mark Hately on The Big Interview. Listeners, um, welcome to the big interview. We have a treat today. I'm sitting opposite a man who's legendary for many different reasons. Sitting, unfortunately, opposite a man, two things I have to say, he looks about 20 years younger, not only than he should be, but than me. There's also a pain barrier to be gone through here because, uh, boy, you did my team some damage. But there's a bigger story. Mark Hately, welcome. Mm -hmm. To the beginning of you, and thank you for joining us at this pleasure, this festive time. Yes, we're excited to, to talk to you because uh, our guests are, are never those who are famous or who've achieved massive things. Our guests are only those that we respect and mm-hmm. we thought were exceptional at their at their trade. So, although you've got masses to tell us, some of which, mm-hmm. like my life, is continental, mm-hmm. I want you. I want to take you to a naval town mm-hmm. I want to take you down to Portsmouth mm-hmm. people often use the word Pompeii yes. and I want you to tell us how a backward step in inverted commas mm-hmm. which annoyed your dad and mm-hmm. for those who don't remember your dad you'll talk about him yeah. I'll, I'll shut up but he was an exceptional forward mm-hmm. somebody who played for three of the great mm-hmm. English teams of the time. his era yeah. and it annoyed him that you went to Portsmouth after Coventry Portsmouth is going to be a leapfrog to scoring in the most famous football stadium in the world and playing for the Rossoneri. Mm -hmm. Not going to spoil that story. Am I right, as you detail in your excellent book, Hitting the Mark, which is out now, you can buy it from Blink Publishing, you can get it online, you can get it in bookshops. Hitting the Mark is a good, frank, honest read, and it's the reason that we're here with Mark today. Portsmouth wasn't a simple move. Uh, no, it, w- it, it wasn't. But it was a simple move for me because somebody committed to me and sold and sold it pretty quickly. 
Um, I had, um, at that period, I was coming away from a Coventry City top flight football club. It was like a breeding ground for young players, great opportunities, had some great managers there, Gordon Mill, Dave Sexton, um, that you know really were good working with, with kids. Um, I was sort of in a rush. I've always been in a rush to achieve. And basically, all, it's always been all to get out of my dad's. That's my dad's shadow, because he was a big shadow in the game of football. He cast a big shadow, the first £100 signing, big centre forward. And I always saw myself as a centre forward, but couldn't get into the Coventry City team, because Big Mick Ferguson and Ian Wallace were the, were the pairing. I had Gary Thompson, who was a, a year old, older than me, who had just come through the youth team in the reserves, said he was sort of a backup. So the only way I could get a game was to go on the left wing. So when my time came to leave Coventry City, as I say, Chelsea were, were looking at me, uh, Watford were looking at me, had a, a, a couple of chats with, with both. And then Mr. Bobby Campbell from Chelsea, Portsmouth manager, been there, I think, a season, two seasons, been come up a league. Building a team, um, you know, like say Kevin Dillon um, and uh, as like Neil Webb, another 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 young player coming through who go on and have a great career, um, and Alan Bailey that had been at Coventry, uh, uh, Everton. I'm going to ask you about him. Yeah, great. He was, you know, all these things. But what Bobby did say to me, being the ex-Chelsea manager coming in, as I say, he said, "I want you to be my number nine and that was it. That was it. He sold it. John Deacon, the chairman, had come with him as well. You know, we you know we, we want to build. We've seen you. We want to build this team. We've got an Alan Bailey that's the, the, the travelled man, the experience, and we've got everything else. We've got a great goalkeeper in Alan Knight, um, and we want to take this team forward. We will we'll play the way you want a number nine to play. We get the ball out wide. Two good wingers. Get the ball into the box. British game of football, you know, with the Kevin Dillons and the Neil Webbs that will do all the intricacies in the middle of the park. That was it, sold. Um, so, a sign for a second division football club, and my dad has gone ballistic. Son of, what did I say to you, son? Never moved down the leagues, he said. Very hard to get back into the top flight, stay in the top flight as long as possible. But I had. A, a drive and still have a drive that's I think that's been part of the longevity and the success I've always been driving forward um, it was to be you know to be better than my dad you know this this Portsmouth football club super supportive club uh, very passionate about the uh, 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 yeah the way they play the game um, have given me an opportunity and I'm going to take this opportunity well that's it that's it I'm so literally eight nine months, we never spoke. You'd, on whose part was the silence greatest? Because you were annoyed because he didn't have faith in yeah, your choice. Correct. When somebody had said to you, Mark, so Bobby Campbell and Deacon had said, "This is how we see you," and it was your position, which yes, yes. at Coventry, if people don't remember. Um, Ferguson was a big old lump bearded. Big and it was the big little, wasn't it? Yeah. The little Ginger yeah. Scott, yeah. Ian Wallace. Yeah. Good footballer. Yeah. And Gary Thompson had similar attributes yeah. to you, and you would link up yeah. for England. Yes. You'd play yes. in the senior yeah. team for England. But I understand you in that if you say to your dad, Dad, this is a position I want to play in. Mm-hmm. They come and sort me. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they want me. And yeah, he yeah. should go, Son, I'm not happy, but on yeah. you go. Yeah. Who was more miffed with whom? Um, 
yeah, I think it was, it was me more miffed with him because he didn't believe in me. Um, but that, that is the era of that, the 50s and 60s archetypal man, I'm going to say. In the book, it goes back to being childhood, you know, dad being away a lot in the 60s, footballing life as a 60s. And, you know, to be, to be as good as he was and scored as many goals as he did, I, I couldn't understand how he could achieve that living the life he was doing. You know, it was, a, it was a, not a good relationship at home with, with my mum. Um, as you say, when he went to Chelsea, he was a, I never saw him for a, basically for a year. Part of which was geographical, but yeah, I know from yeah. having spoken to Charlie Cooks before, who was yeah, an yeah. Aberdeen man, and yeah, yeah, my dad yeah. told me first the first name that my dad ever told me about yeah. was Charlie Cook. Yeah. But that era mm-hmm. uh, that he played in was an era where they they lived down yeah, the West absolutely. End or, yeah, or yeah. at the Grand, and they went up and down they the lived like yeah. kings yeah. as well, didn't they? Of course they did, absolutely. So I didn't see a lot of my dad in in, in that in that period, '67. So I would have been in six six or seven years old around that period. Um, so life became just mum and my sister. So you know, it was going through uh, where I was born, staying in Derby. Um, first team I remember my dad playing for was Chelsea, and that's why I've always sort of followed Chelsea. You would consider yourself a blue? Yeah, I that's would. interesting. Yeah. I could, well, this is I, I supported Chelsea. And I supported Nottingham Forest, and I supported Rangers. I, threw, I had three teams right the way through the UK when I was a kid growing up. Rangers even as a kid? As a kid. Didn't know that. Yeah. So as a kid, from I'm going to say eight, nine yeah. of, that, of that era. Purely Nottingham Forest because my dad was then playing for Notts County. So I just had that just to... Piss him off. Piss him off, basically. So... But if it's any consolation yeah. to your Messi's kids, yeah. literally tell them, tell him yeah. that they love Ronaldo more, Cristiano Ronaldo more. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, an honourable yeah. tradition that, from that sons to dads. That keeps dad going. <laughs> right. So anyway, um, we're back. We're back to the. We're back on that on that track of not falling out with my dad. Right. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm playing away. I'm, I'm sort of on the. I'm on the conveyor belt of international because I've been playing at youth level for yeah. Coventry. You know, I scored four goals and one game so automatically that puts you on a, that elevation but the difficulty for me and, and I think was me being in the second division and you know all the players that were playing still in the first first division young because it was basically it was a British league then yeah. don't forget yep. so there was a lot of good young players around so for me to, to go down there um, listen putting put all that on because I, I love playing at international level always have done playing against the best all the time so you're proving yourself all the time so going going down there and I say being able to be the number nine yeah and and try and impress and because you've got Manchester Manchester City Newcastle Chelsea they were all in the second division back then Uh, playing at big grounds you know getting that atmosphere it gave me it, it gave me an opportunity but I'd put on the line to continue at the international level by moving down there, you know, but I, I had such a strong belief that I could achieve and I could achieve and go forward uh, with with my career. Um, as I say, um, first game that was at Craven Cottage or something, header on the far post, straightforward header on the far post, gets us off and running. Um, and then from there, what was it, 24 goals in that, in that season in 32 games or something. It was, it was just bum, bada, bum, bada, bum. Explain to people then what it's like to be because you were Portsmouth record outlay mm-hmm. all of this you can find yeah, in hitting yeah, the mark yeah. 
You come down, 24 goals, mm-hmm. they can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Paint the picture of what being a successful striker at Fratton Park in mm-hmm. the 80s yeah. is like. Yeah. And I mean, give them the smells and the sounds, because I've been there, yeah, and it it's, is... It's just an amazing just, place. Portsmouth, you think of naval naval people, background, and, and it, it is, that's what it is. But from that, you get a... You get a uh, I'm going to say you get a people that, uh, uh, you know, work hard, party hard, and love the football team. That's that's what that's what you know. for a lot of people that's that's your life. Can I just say that's what ports are? Yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? Or it's yeah. like it's like Glasgow, Liverpool, Newcastle to a certain extent. They're all crazy about their football teams. And it's a demand, but it's also quite uh, a demanding. Yeah. A, yeah. I, I want to say demand everything from the, yeah yeah demand everything from the players that they're supporting. Well, my style, my style, I mean, I was always aggressive. Um, so that wasn't a problem, you know. I'd charge around here and charge around there. I had so much energy. As I say, now, Dad never bought me a bike. You have to run. Run with your friends, because if you want to be a footballer, you need to be super fit. And they were in bikes and you were yeah, running along. I would just run. I never got a bike till literally three months before I was finishing school. And it got stolen a week after I'd had it. But so, luckily, Ray Wilkins' kid yeah, can yeah, thank oh, you for yes, having had a, yes. a bike at one stage. Could, we we yeah, come to that in a minute. Yeah. We come to that in a minute. Yeah. But so the, the Fratton Park atmosphere feeds you, I suppose, a little bit because they love a war. As good a footballer as you are, they love a warrior. Yeah. Listen, everybody loves a warrior, right? But if you can bring something else with that warrior, somebody with a, a bit of thinking, um, a little bit more, and that was. As I say, back in 1970, I, I was the first sort of World Cupy type thing, and I'm thinking South American football. Wow, this is this is good, and, and that sank in. Because I was always in and around training grounds, always as a small boy, and even little glimpses of football that you got back then that were on the telly. You know, you were soaking it up. I was looking at it and thinking, poor. You know, I like that. You know, I like centre forwards. What? classical centre forward who was a skillful player you know it's not that you know that hammer so if you had you were gifted physically all yeah. the things that made you a traditional centre yeah. forward but from a young age you were thinking about yeah, always, how can yeah. I adapt and, and be improve better than my dad <laughs> this it. is a phrase that's going to come yeah, up this is going to come up a lot trust me <laughs> um, so yeah yeah I've never been satisfied with as a footballer of being who I was I always wanted to be better as I say I said to you before I've never, never watched an older game never put a tape on you never go back no, and watch never. Mark Haley no. of the 80s the only, 90s no, the only time I've seen if, if I walk into a supporters cup mm-hmm. and they've got it on you know on the, on the wall when, when you're in there this is a stuff. conscious psychological choice of yours don't revel in the past it's, don't no, it's wallow unimportant. in the past it's unimportant forward we go the, the, the past is unimportant to me it's what you're doing right now and what you're doing over the next period um, and I always wanted to be doing that to the best of my ability so looking at that game in 70 and looking at what European strikers because a lot of people look at European strikers and we can get onto that with Neil Seaham right I would look at a European striker based on the fact that I'm a British striker and think god he's lazy he's lazy right so when we get to the Milan chapter my whole my, my whole thought process of being upside down Completely upside down. But this is okay. Then I take that point and I go back to Fratton Park because at Fratton Park they wouldn't have understood if you wanted to play like the first person that I heard explaining what you said there was Freddie Canuti, if you remember him. Yeah. And um, he told me specifically when he was at Seville that at West Ham and Tottenham, 
commentators, some coaches, yeah, some yeah. fans were like, lazy man. And he's run, like, run, run. in Spain, he said, they want you to run with intelligence. Yeah. They want you to use your energy yeah. when it counts, save it for it. And that's, a, that's thematically what you were talking about. Yes. But at Fratton yeah. Park yeah. in the 80s, they wouldn't have stood for any of that no, shit. No, about like, no, get no, your arse and work it. It's like tackling fullbacks, tackling fullbacks, work across the line, pair of you work across the line, myself and Alan Biley. And that, that, that was the British game. The British game was a physical game. Invariably, it was back to front. There was not a lot of football. And a lot of great players of that period, and then talk about Glenn Hoddle here, would have suffered with that. You know? They did. They did. Yeah. Um, fortunate to play with Glenn and get the opportunity to, to pair up later on in, in my career. But one of the best, greatest experiences ever, I think, for both of us as well. But, as I say, the, the, the Fratton Park experience... Bobby Campbell said to me, one thing he said to me when I got there, you know, after a, a week or so of training, I'd love you to be a little bit more nasty, right? And I'm, I'm looking at him and, and I think, what do you mean? And I'm running around, and I'm tackling, you're, you're jumping me, start getting my elbows out and upsetting people. I said, no, no. He said, I want you to be nasty with the ball, right? So when the ball comes to you, I want you to can absolutely be dominant with that ball at your feet. Nobody's going to, you're going to protect it. You get your body around it, the ball comes into you, it sticks in there, right? I don't care if you have one touch, two touch, three touch, but nobody's going to get the ball off you. That's all I want from you. So set yourself, bump, work away, worked on the weights for a bit more. Always say, these muscles in your arm for a striker are the most important thing because that's what you're holding people off with all the time, where they're trying to get in. So from, from Dave Sexton with all the technical side of it, and Gordon Milne and all the technical and. Bobby Campbell come out and just said, I want it to be nasty. And as I went to Milan, there's, a, there's another thing that will, will come into protecting that ball. Well, when, when, when he says that um, yeah. at Fratton Park, there's a yeah. huge, it's a technical reason. It's like, hold the ball so that nobody can touch yeah. it, so we've got control yeah. of it, presumably so others can yes. file yeah. around yeah. you, and it yeah. gives just a beat, beat, well, beat for Kevin them to... Kevin Dillon and Neil Webb, those sort of players that see in and around the centre forward. So if it's held, you can lay it yeah, back and turn. And, and they can afford to go because they know it's going to stay. It's going to stick. It's going to stay. On the other side, though, you were athletically and physically able in a time where much more was permitted to put yourself about and there's a different meaning to nasty as you said to Bobby in that year at Fratton Park how many times did you go like well I know this centre half I'm going to I'm going to bully him I'm going to hurt him I'm going to take advantage of the referees yeah you've got one or two because in in those days just about everybody had one or two a full back how often did you do that how often did you avoid that how much did you know about centre half before you played him practically nothing can I I just say I had an arrogance uh, or a confidence because that line of arrogance and confidence has always been a a grey area in football Um, well in life basically Mm. Um, I never looked at a team sheet ever right Ah. ever looked at a team sheet whether I was playing for England whether I was anywhere Right, because I had 15 minutes. The first 15 minutes, my dad said to me, have the first 15 minutes of a game in your head, what you want to do with the ball. So you impose yourself on the back four. Normally, invariably, it's two centre-halves yeah. that you're playing against. So if you impose yourself in the first 15 minutes, right, you hold the ball up, don't give the ball away. Your first time you get the ball, do something simple and build on that 15 minutes, right? So, And I took it a step, a step further because... Once, once the 15 minutes was, was up and the game was going well for me, I would then go and try and play on a fullback, right, between a fullback and a centre half. 
because you'd had the experience at Coventry actually yeah. it was been, yeah. then beneficial yeah. Yeah. to have known what it is to play out well, left because, wide yeah because now all I, all I wanted to find was a, a weakness yeah. right? or weakness in the back four and that's all I did all my career and if, in the, if you could find that weakness in the first 15 minutes well it's a what, it's a ball over the centre half's right shoulder over his left shoulder you know chick, chick back in the way you find it in, in the first 15 minutes so I used to do that if I could find one, I'd move on to the other one. So I didn't want anybody to be able to mark me. How then did you... Let's say, let's, let's say just a hypothetical. You found that weakness. And one of the suppliers, let's say, because people yeah. remember yeah. him as Neil Webb. Yeah. How do you transmit? Do you just go like... Smart, smart players see it. They, they, they yeah, see what yeah, you're yeah, doing they and they automatically yeah, go, yeah, absolutely. Mark's done this, yeah. we'll put it... That he's, yeah. he's faster yeah. or he's a better jump or the, the centre-half doesn't turn and we'll do you'll, that. You'll, if, if you look at any of my DVDs or whatever, you know, things from the past, I never jumped. I've never had a centre-half at the back of me. I would always be on the left or the right-hand side okay. of, 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 a, of a defender right, all the time, just jumping across. So... Instead of just jumping up where a defender can come straight over the top, if you're jumping from the side, a defender's got to look at you all the time. So once he's looked at you, he's, he's taking his eye off the ball. Right? So you're buying yourself more so time. You're in charge. Yeah. You're in charge. Yeah, if, yeah. If, you're, if I'm standing right in front of you, you can see the ball, me, ball, me, ball, me. Just simple little things. You know, it's... You like it. Yeah. So you, you, you give yourself that half a metre if, if you want. If you'll come to you, if you're standing between the two centre-halves... You go and stand right in the middle, so you neither knows Ask which them, one's mine. Which one of you wants to come and get yeah. me? Which one of me wants to run behind off which shoulder? And it's just, I mean, that's that's the game, a thinking game. Before the rest of this big interview, I'd like to tell you that our entire archive of audio and video content is now on our new YouTube channel. We've begun filming all of our interviews, and there are already loads of clips with guests, including Rio Ferdinand, Connor Cody, Brendan Rogers, and Jamie Carragher, plus full interviews for you to watch and to share. Please do share with friends. Go to YouTube and search Graham Hunter, or click on the link in the show notes to this episode and become a subscriber. I honestly think you'll enjoy it. Thanks. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
we, we appreciate this and one of the first times we did this in this series we've been going six years in Easter um, we'll speak to Chrissy Wardle about mm-hmm. whether Great he player. could talk us through the balance he had and when he was looking at uh, an opposition whether he looked at yeah. the ball whether he looked yeah. at them how much time he and his description was as beautiful as yours and Chris is in um, hitting yeah. the mark talking about yeah. your ability particularly in the 86 World Cup but it, I would say that a man like you playing at a nine doesn't only benefit from a Webb or a Chrissy Waddle. Often you need to have a striking partner. Not always, but often. Yeah. Now, this is a little bit of self-indulgence. Not for you, because you know him, but um, I live and work in Barcelona. Pete Jensen lives and works in Barcelona, works for La Liga Television, and is Pompey daft. Yeah. And all he'll ever talk about, hello Pete, is Alan Bailey. Yeah, yeah. For those who never saw him, who can't remember him, Describe, please, the, the, the look, the man and the footballer. He's a great guy, honestly. He was the chirpiest man you, you could ever meet. I went, I actually, he's such a great guy. I'd never met him before. As soon as I got there, I went and stayed with him for a while till, till I got everything settled down. He's a guy you want if you're having a pub quiz, and it's a music <laughs> pub quiz, because he knows everything. Seriously? Oh, then I adore him. Then he's already, he he's up there for well, me in that He's case. looking like Rod Stewart anyway. It is. Is. Well, just, what do you mean by that? Because I, I know. The hair. It's the it, hair. You, you always had that, you know, the... It's the, bumpy at the top, bumpy, long at the shoulders. Yeah. In, in some of it, dyed white. <laughs> I mean, as we all did in the yes, day. Yes, <laughs> back in the day. He was a rock star. That's what he was. Portsmouth, um, Frank Worthington. Uh, yeah, he was, I mean, but great, it's a great player to be with. I, I was fortunate, uh, Grub, to, to have characters that I played along with at the real right time in my development of a career. Um, as I say, Alan was sensational for me. You know, he he was that experienced player. It, it, some say he was a journeyman. I think he was a lot more than that. Um, he had good times at Derby, had good times at Everton. Everton yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he played. He played at a really good level. And I was getting him right now when I needed somebody. He, he read a, your movement. A, he, he moved yeah. off you. Yeah, yeah, yeah smart. It's, 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 absolutely. Because he allowed me to do what I wanted. Yeah, to to lead the line. If people, which they will do, read hitting the mark. I want to compare Bailey's movement with Morris Johnson's movement because yeah. you often felt that Morris was playing his own jazz solos and nicking Too off to areas of the yeah. park that you, you yeah. didn't help yeah. you. Yeah. Whereas Alan was it clever was in reading between what, the sticks. He was the, the player that would play between the sticks, right? So the goals, right? The, the width of the penalty box, like a European striker, really, because we had the wingers. We had the wingers, and our job was to be in and around, create space for each other, and put the ball in the back of the net from this service and this service just behind us. Um, he knew that. Um, I knew. I knew how to do that through the British centre forward. You know, you pushing people, where taking defenders into a space that you're going to come out of to leave for your Alan Bailey, um, and we we hit an understanding very very quickly as I think intelligent footballers do I mean Kevin Dillon for me Kevin Dillon was one of the best players I played with he was so far ahead of it he would be so frustrated because he'd be three or four passes ahead of everybody yeah yeah you know one of, one of these okay. frustrated players I'm still still really good friends oh, we have contact with what him. a combination then between him and Webb two yes. very very good footballers yeah, together young, yeah he was slightly older now Webb was the younger player uh, but you know we uh, we had we had a really good balance. 
Did uh, most of this prepared you for that elevator that you were on because you'd always been scoring goals at England youth level, but you've always been athletically slim. Mm-hmm. How could you lose half a? Was you? What did you lose? Half a stone, two yeah, stones. First game. Checkpoint Charlie. Tell us about Checkpoint Charlie. Yeah. Why you were there? Why it made an impact on you? And how did you lose weight? Um, food. The food situation. We was Where, which the, tournament are we it, talking it about? The England youth. It was the England under twenty, under eighteens, under eighteens. Yeah, and we were playing. I think we were playing. I think it was Poland, East Germany, one of those. So we were checkpoint Charlie, all this sort of stuff, and we stayed. We literally no hotels back there. It was like a hostel, right? No chefs traveling. My dear. So you got the food that you were getting, which was but the locals. The, lo- the locals. Um, fussy. I was a fussy eater. Oh really? Fussy eater. Yeah. Well, what we all did got everybody to shave their heads, right? So we had about nine players with all sh- all shaved heads, right? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, back in the day, Why? because it was something to do right? <laughs> when you're 17 and 16, right? So it's all, you know. Whoa, whoa! We have to stop here, Mark. Yeah, yeah. So whose idea is it? We're all sitting around in East, right. East yeah, Germany, yeah. can't touch the yeah, food. Shave our heads, lads, yeah. lads! I've got an idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you see teams. I mean, in the modern in, in World Cups, dying their hair. Johnny Barnes know? did that yeah. and got yeah. taken yeah. apart at yeah. Liverpool. He literally yeah. was bored when yeah. they shaved his head, yeah. and he got slaughtered. Can, can I just say it was? A, a, piece of, a piece of brilliance because nobody could pick up who we were right it was God who's this we got pick Baldy up you don't, you, get Baldy. you don't read this in tactical books here first yeah. shave your heads shave your heads yes everybody wear the same number now listen I'm, just, I'm really sorry to be picky on this but are we talking electrical shaving or are we talking good old lather yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. let's be honest you have to first of all clip it off yeah, yeah. And, then and then shave, wet, shave yeah, it off yeah, yeah all that we did it. And, and listen, as the story goes on, we, 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 we got to the final, we won the final. Um, and I still have this today with, with Rude Hullet when I bump into him. Um, um, we played Holland in the final and he was injured. And he always says to me, if I'd have been fit, we'd have won. And I said, I don't think so. No. I don't think so. So I have, I have that one over him, but it was, a, it was, a, it was a, another great experience. But you were on but, the march. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because, because you become part of an era yeah. where England under 21s mm-hmm. win the European Championship twice in a row. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, the first one you make an impact in, yes. but I think injury robs you of being part of the, the final. But the second one. No, suspension. I got suspension. suspended. Oh, that's the Ray Stewart incident. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's, that was up at uh, Hamden. I you were just exchanging yeah. pleasantries with Ray, yeah. and the referee got it We were winning Gary Thompson scored, who was my centre forward. I was playing left side, a left sided winger type thing. Um, and Gary Thompson had scored the goal. We were 1 0 up. It was like the final five, ten minutes of the game, and a long ball, a shock, long ball over into the corner. So I'm chasing Ray Stewart back. Um, I sort of slide it, slide the ball away uh, for a throw him right by the corner flag. And as as I slide through, he just comes through and kicks me straight in the balls. Does you deliberately, or yeah, oh, that's uh, it was a deliberate one. Ray, Ray was a pretty tough, good penalty yes, taker. Yeah. Dundee United, West Ham, yeah, yeah, m- yeah. known by the West Ham yeah. fans. Doesn't take a good right hander though. <laughs> well, that's um, for me was a red card. Didn't uh, need VAR. No, it, it, was, yeah, it was yeah. a stick yeah, on. I just was it? off. I just <laughs> went bang and off, and uh, that cost me a place in the final. Um, which obviously we won and it cost me I think our four games it cost me the start of the next tournament Ooh, la, la. yeah so do you have a good right hook oh uh, yeah well I'm ambidextrous so I can stand either way yeah 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 yeah. that's hard to read if you're yeah, in a yeah, pro- or yeah. not a street fight but in a boxing fight yeah had you, had you hit people before 
Is the, I've where had, does had it, a hip fit. Yeah, right, before I got, Ray, I got beat up really, really badly um, when I was about eleven or twelve. At, at, when I was at school in Liverpool, coming out of the cinema with my friend, with a, a, a group of guys. There was about seven or eight guys, but there were seventeen, eighteen-year-olds, and I was always tall. And, if, so and at this stage, pick, we're, we're yeah. talking in the region of nineteen seventy-one, seventy-two-ish, yes. and your yeah. dad's been playing for Liverpool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so we are, I'm going to say, 72, 73. Yes, that's where we would be. And we're coming out of this cinema, and I was quite a shy boy until this incident, right? And I'm walking away with my pal, and he's on his knee-high to a grasshopper. It's a, we both love cricket, so we, that's, I was a cricket player and a rugby player. That, that was my favourite sports. Wow. Anyway. Wow. So we're walking away and I get this bump in the back of my head and somebody's come flying through me and kicked me to the floor, all right? So first thing I do is bounce onto my feet, all right? So bounce onto my feet, all of them, and then I'm surrounded and now I'm just getting, it's, it was like, a, it, was, it was a 35 minute beating, but I never went down and I never ran away, right? Uh, but I broke a cheekbone, broke my nose, broke the jaw, knocked some teeth out, all that sort of stuff. Just bad lads, or just bad lads. They were brothers. I know who they are. <laughs> to this day, yes, I know who they are. I actually bumped into this guy. He was working the door at my uh, uh, my sister's wedding. Stop. One of the lads outside the cinema yeah. in 1972 is working the door yeah. at your sister's wedding. Yeah, I told her. So that's one of the guys that. Uh, uh, Really beat me badly. Anyway, this is literally incredible. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I was, I was a while. I'm gonna say ten weeks off school or something like that. That's so a that, bad beating. That's a, that was a bad beating. beating. But what I got from that, that uh, from that one incident, I could not be hurt anymore. Yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah. That was. It, it takes the fear of the yeah. unknown away, yeah, yeah, and yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what it's like. They actually gave up. There were seven or eight of them, all with big eyes and flat noses. So I'm hanging on and just doing what I do. I've always been strong here. Yeah. Right? It's from watching my dad when I was five and six. I was doing press-ups with my dad. It's a life-changing incident. It's a lesson. It was, mm. a, it was a lesson, yeah, but it was a life-changing thing to me to be that character, you know? I was... Because I was not... I had a, I had a, did have a temper before that, you yeah. know? And I've been in a couple of scuffles and yeah. been able to sort that out. But when, when you get a raining down on you for 35 minutes or something like that, it's, that's a... That's it teaches a, you and it changes you. Thing. I, I think yeah. so. So you lose the beginning of the next campaign, but I still want to emphasise for people that don't remember that early 80s, one, you're part of an era where England are under-21 champions yeah, yeah. twice in yeah. a row, and you're a centre part. The second competition, it's raining goals for yes, you. Yeah. you. You become... Golden player, golden player, and you beat a very good Spain side in yeah, the final full indeed. of Michel, yeah. Real Madrid legend, yes. Sanchez, Real Madrid legend, uh, Zubizarreta, Barcelona mm-hmm. goalkeeper when yeah. they win in '92 yeah. the European Cup final, whatever. Do you, do you t- and you played with Terry Gibson, yeah, a, a yeah, colleague Terry, and friend yeah, of mine. Yeah. What, what memories do you have of becoming a champion of Europe? See, when you're that age, it's it's just another game. It's for it me, it's just another game. It's when I think it's when you get into you know the latter stages of your career, finishing your career, where you, you, you see that and the influence that that moment had. I couldn't have told you who the players I was playing against in that. And, you know, people often ask me who, who's... You'd have to go back yeah, and look, yeah, look it up. I can remember getting an elbow from him um, from the centre-half 
right and I had a star split right in the middle of my lip literally five minutes into the game and that just sparked me straight away. Do you judge it to be a deliberate oh, elbow? A deliberate, it's like, I'll put one yeah, on. Yeah, because okay. in the first leg of the final in, in Seville, I cracked a rib. So yeah. I was playing with in, an injection, six injections, right round. In order to play the second leg? To play the second leg. Um, and then I caught, I caught one from the centre half again, really early on in the game, an elbow, top on my lip. And that just, just fired me, you know, yeah. just fired me. And, you know, I, I scored a belting goal on the day. <laughs> Hit this ball first time with my left foot coming over my shoulder and it just went boom, by an arrow. Into the into the top corner. Is that a winner final? And that's that's hard to get noticed. Yeah, because I take it then from the way you've described your lack of interest in opponents. I'm going to just go and impose myself. You are probably completely unaware that a tournament like that is being heavily yeah. scouted. Of course, it's, you, you don't. You, you're just on focusing on doing the job, getting this done, being better than I was the week before, and that's been all the time. That's all I've ever done. But nobody in the England setup, nobody in the press that travel, because there was a good deal of press interest in England retaining their yes. under. Yeah. No, none of them say to you or to the rest of the troops. Ex, and I don't just mean AC Milan, no. but this scout was here. That nobody no, mentions no, no, that. There's no, no buzz about. No, no, there's nothing like that. But you, you know what the press was like back then, anyway, because it was, you know, the social media and all this sort of go we got now. Boom, boom, boom. It's up and that, and everything's out there, literally in jig time. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just, I was just pleased that we'd won. Um, I'm pleased that I'd, I'd scored. I'd, I'd, I'd had a good game. Um, and it was added to the, the England youth, you know, because my dad didn't win a lot. No. My dad didn't win a lot. My dad didn't play for England. So I'm playing for England at youth level. I'm playing for England at under-21 level. So you're already achieving I'm, I'm, one of I'm your already, major objectives, I'm which is to notching things up put him dad. in the shadow. Correct. So this is another step further out of that big, big shadow that my dad cast. At, at what point does he begin to congratulate you? Probably when we score in the Maracanã. Okay, then that's the perfect so a, that, yeah. move so. to this because um, you talked early on about even before the under-18s being on a conveyor belt, yeah, whereas yeah. if you shine, yeah. you probably will You're be promoted. It. You're on it. Now, from the South American tour initially, I think, strangely, mm-hmm. just like with your dad, you have to wait for maybe a couple of injuries, but you get yeah, the call yeah. off. And yeah. I loved in, in hitting the mark, you say... I didn't give a toss yeah, yeah, <laughs> if yeah. I'm going I, yeah. whether they've initially called me or not yeah, I'm, boy, I'm, yeah. I'm going with England yeah, yeah. full time so you lose at home to USSR which I remember that time yeah, I wasn't five minutes and a five minutes yeah but is England at losing at home to USSR yeah. that's a real downer the yeah. media then would have been right on the manager's yeah. back the manager straight away. Bobby yes. Robson yes. straight away and off you go far away which yeah. is probably very welcome yeah. Best to South ever. America the only player we've interviewed for this series of that trip is Simon yes. Stainrod, yes. who didn't get a minute. No, Simon. It was a good trip. Bit of a character. Yeah, there's a story Did you live that. a little bit? Oh, we did. He says you did. Oh, we did. Tell a, tell a story and tell a trip in your own words. Um, well, the game, the game comes and there's an injury to one of the strikers for England. So this is on the eve. So I get the arm from Bobby. He said, we've got a problem with a centre-forward and you're going to play tomorrow. As simple as that. There was no messing around. And I went, OK. That's how I was. So I'm still on the buzz from the under-21 stuff. I, you know, I think I've got a right to be to be here, yeah. even though I'm second division football. Yeah. I believe I've, I've done enough to achieve this position. Um, 
and playing against Brazil was casting them back to 1970. You know, I love that echo. I yeah, love that. So I'm there, and I can now prove I'm a British centre forward, right? And listen, everybody forgets who scored the winning goal that day. That was me. Right. Everybody forgets that because People forget John the Bond. assist that you gave to yeah. John. I mean, it was yeah, a pure, yeah. one of the classiest assists. Playing against a really good player, the boy Moser, went on to have a great career. I think he Catch played up with yeah. Chris yeah. at Marseille, I think. Yes, he I did. Think. Yes, he did. Um, and I brought the ball on my chest and I played it out to, to John. We were both born on the 7th of November, by the way. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. So, Play that. Viva Scorpio. Yes. So he does what he does. He beats five players, yeah, plus a goalkeeper on his backside. I'm Jones. looking for the ball back so I can <laughs> tap it in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was one of those things. John then, second half, gets to the byline, pops it over to the far post. I get a run on the boy Moser, head the ball down, foot the post. England to Brazil nil. Yeah, and that's it. But as well as the Fireworks. win, for you, I love this echo of this is Brazil in the traditional yeah. kits, my memories of 70. Yeah. This is possibly at that stage, maybe even now, the most famous stadium in the world. Yes, yeah, yeah. Partially because of the 1950 final in America, yeah. now with 200,000 yeah, people yeah, there yeah, in yeah, Uruguay yeah, beat Brazil, yeah. but you scored on hallowed ground. Correct. And you've done something, again, the phrase again, that your dad never even really yeah, yeah. came close to doing. No, no, he went on an FA tour and that was it. So I'm well and truly now uh, out of that that shadow. I am Mark Haightley, the stand-on-the-own guy centre-forward. What does it feel like to, to come off that pitch in, in Maracanã? You've beaten Brazil, there's a wonder goal... But your goal is extremely good. Mm. I think it's a trademark goal in that yeah. the timing of your jump is yeah. perfect. The ball is really well flighted yeah, for you yeah, to get yeah. up. If it's you're the bear. better jumper, yeah, yeah. It's a hunger, you're going to score better. No, I'm getting a run. Finishing across the keeper, again, yeah, is, yeah. is a good skill. Yeah. You were very confident, but you just walk off and at the end, after you've showered and out there, you're like, yeah, OK, it's in the past or what? Yeah, that must be a cloud nine moment. No, it's pretty much like that. Me and Barnes, he had a couple of days on the beach, which was good. We were at the Ambassadors. We had a, a massive barbecue. Bobby had done it really, really well. It was an, unbel- an unbelievable result. As I say, Bobby sort of rewarded us with a, with a couple of days of, yeah, let's, party. Let's, have a, let's have a party. There was an incident there, I was going to say, with Simon and, and Peter Shilton. Well, you know, Simon. Simon's a smoker and all Larger sort of than life. Yeah, and lives he, life yeah, to the it absolute. Was, it, it was brilliant. We sat around this table and we're all, oh, way on with it. Schultz, yeah, he has a lot to say when he's had a drink, right? <laughs> sometimes it's we're all, most we're all, of the time we're all it's very critical. Yeah, he's very. But see, the next day he never remembers it. <laughs> that's, that's the beauty of it. Typical goalkeeper. Anyway, <laughs> so there's a few words said, and he said to Simon, he "Can't even figure out why you're on this trip." One of them, right? So Simon's smoking his cigarette. And he said, "Right, he stands up, and he goes." flicks his cigarette out on, 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 on Peter's head right and he said I'll see you outside in two minutes oh well done Simon right so we're all sitting there chuckling away because we know Schultz won't get up and go out right so he's sitting there and sitting there and Brian Robson says well Schultz that's been five minutes <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's been five minutes. Well done, Captain Marvel. <laughs> You're going out what? Right. Because if you're not going out, I'm getting him back in. Right. Very so, good. Yeah, so that was sorted. Simon's, yeah, Simon's really so funny. Another man yeah. where, like you, I really liked your phrase where you're like, 
the the borderline between confidence and arrogance yeah. is very slim, yeah. and and people see it different ways. But Simon, I think, has got this innate self belief yeah. that is actually n- n- not based on how talented he was with the football. There's just a certain, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. this is the man I am, yeah. Yeah. and you can take me or leave me. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think he's just being honest with himself, as my dad always said. In football, you have to be honest, right? Some people might not like that honesty of who you are, right? But at least you're honest with yourself, yeah. right? You'll get to bed at night, you'll sleep at night. See, for all these, all this noise around you, yeah. it's only your family that need to love you. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, picking a newspaper up, seeing a headline, means nothing. Good or bad, you yeah, mean? Yeah, good or bad, it means nothing at all. It's all about that circle, right? You believe in yourself, and that's that's all I have been in football. I've been honest, and some people don't like honesty. Thank you for listening to The Big Interview. It's produced by me, which sounds egotistical, but it's also true, Graham Hunter, and Backpage. Our music is by Beer Jacket, who else? Editing by Charlie McGarry. Thank you to our hosts at Acast and our loyal sponsors at Bet365. We're also supported by our socios. Find out how to become a socio, how to support us at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Here endeth the lesson. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.